Hi, I'm Dave Plisky, and welcome back to For You and For Me, an alternative way to listen to Monsignor Karen Harrington's homilies. Monsignor starts out by talking about our gift of faith, especially in the context of the second reading where St. Paul mentions what Calvinists call predestination in his letter to the Romans. We as Catholics, of course, believe that we have free will, that we were created to join God in heaven, and that we are not created as evil. And so it behooves us to remember Jesus' admonitions of hell, such as we find in the Gospel reading from Matthew. And later, Monsignor sings the praises of Solomon, who out of anything in the world asks God for wisdom in the Book of Kings in our first reading. How important is our faith to us? I think this is the first time Monsignor's done a Sunday baptism at the Co-Cathedral of St. Joseph since we started this podcast. So you'll get to hear Monsignor pick up baby Gustavo, just as he always picks up babies during their baptisms. It's very cute. And remind us all how important it was that day we entered the church. So congratulations. Today you baptize your son. And you think it's very appropriate. The readings are very appropriate for baptism because the readings focus in on this question of faith. And the question of faith, which is important for us because faith is a gift. Right? Faith is a gift which is given to us by God. And so let us meditate for a moment on that gift of faith. What is this gift of faith? Because if we listen to Romans today, there's a sort of a curious passage for we who are Catholics. It's this question about predestination. Right? If you are a Calvinist, you might say, I understand what predestination is. And so it's important for us to think about this, this thought in Catholic theology. We as Catholics believe that everybody is born free. It's important that we start with the place that everybody is born free. Their sight, their ability to see is a little obstructed, but we're basically born free and good and oriented towards the good. Lutheran theology does not believe that. Luther described us as a piece of dung that snow fell on God's grace and made us good. So it's important to understand different perspectives. God's creation from the Catholic perspective is good and perfected by grace. And Lutheran theology is man is depraved, completely a wild animal that only God's grace transforms. Building on Martin Luther, John Calvin, a Protestant theologian, said, some people God creates to send to hell. God creates some people who are so evil that their life will never change and they will just simply go to hell. Catholic theology believes that all people are predestined to go to heaven. And the question is, is do we receive enough of God's grace? Do we allow God's grace to change us and to transform us so that we can accept the gift of heaven? So then the question becomes for you and for me, this is an important question because the truth of the matter is, for most of us in the church today, in contemporary American society, we don't spend a lot of time thinking about hell. We don't spend a lot of time thinking about hell, but hell is important for us. Why is hell important? Because hell offers us the opportunity to say no to God. See, God does not make us love him. He doesn't force us to love him. You know that song, I'm going to make you love me. God does not make us love him. God invites us to love him. But we can choose to reject him. This is the very generous nature of God's love, right? 
You know for yourselves that if you try to force somebody to love you, it's, it's not a meaningful love. But if you invite, if you court, if you cajole, if you try to elicit that love, it's entirely much more satisfying. And so that is what God does for us. So if you can conceive of what it is when a man courts a woman, she is free to say, no, I don't want you. If she was not free to say, no, I don't want you, it would not be so much fun. But you are free to say no. And so he courts you, he, he seeks you out. And finally, when he wins you over, your entire life changes. Now you no longer are looking at other people. Now you're not over saying, oh, this guy would be a better husband, he would be a better father. All of a sudden, your entire life's orientation has changed. This, then, is what God is asking us. That's what the nature of the readings are this morning. What is it that the field of great, a treasure that's found in the field? Think about this from a financial perspective. If you're, if you're somebody who invests, if someone said to you, I got a sure thing for you. Sell your house, give up all your money, this is the sure thing. You've really got to believe it to do that. This is the nature of the pearl of great price. I see this. It's so valuable. Nothing else is important to me. This is important to me to the exclusion of everything else. This, then, is what faith is. This is the gift that you are giving your son. Can I hold him? Okay, Gustavo, you're on. Okay. So, today we baptize Gustavo. Say hello to Gustavo. Say hello to everybody, Gustavo. Give him a wave. Can you give him a wave? Good. <laughs> so today, this little boy will show for us, will demonstrate for us this question of faith. Because what is going to happen to him? In a few moments, we will wash him with water. At that moment, he dies. Gustavo dies to sin. That's what he is saying. He's saying that I no longer want sin as a part of my life. And in dying to sin, he rises from the waters of baptism, and he is freed of that sin. Now, original sin is washed away. His orientation is not away from God, but is directed to God. And the second thing is he's incorporated into the body of the church. Now, why is the church important? The church is not a building. This is not the church, this building. Right? The church is the people of God. The church is you and me. And when he gets incorporated into the church, part of his responsibility is, is to strengthen the church. So what are we called to do as Christians for one another? We're called to encourage at moments of despair, and in truth, we are called to chastise in moments where Gustavo's being bad. Is he ever bad? No. Never. You never have to correct him. You never say, Gustavo, no? <laughs> and so what is it required for us in the church? We are members of a community. As parents, you know, it is a delicate balance to say to your son, to say to your daughter, to say, yes, keep moving. Right? But if your child comes home and has a C, do you simply say, good job? No. You say, I know you're not a C, you're an A. You encourage them. And sometimes you actually withhold affection from your child, right? 
You've done something wrong. I am mad at you. Mommy or daddy is mad at you. Why? Because you're trying to correct them. This is how God is operating with us because you know the truth of the matter is sometimes we think that we are much more advanced than children. But we are not. And notice that Solomon proves that point to us. God asked Solomon, what do you want? And what are the answers that he could have expected? A long life. Give me a long life. Give me a lot of money. These are things that maybe we would hope for, right? That's why we put the money on the Mega Millions and the uh, Powerball, right? What do I want? But the fact of the matter is, what does Solomon ask for? He asks for wisdom, the ability to decide. We may want the Powerball, the Mega Millions, but in truth, God gives us his grace. He gives us his grace to decide, to decide for him. This, then, is the nature of love. You love your son. Your love for Gustavo is not your feeling for him. It's not your feeling for him. It's not that when you see him, you say, oh, Gustavo. You love Gustavo when you say to him, no, Gustavo, that is bad for you. When you encourage him and you say, I know you can do better. You encourage, you love him when you embrace him when he is sad and you celebrate his successes with him when he has succeeded. The nature of love is not about a feeling. It's also that decision. And today, as we baptize this little boy, we celebrate his decision and his parents' decision to say, I am for God now and for every day of my life. And he does that only with the help of the godparents. That is why we have godparents. They help orient our life. A lot of people say to me, Father, my Jewish friend is my best friend. I want them to be the godparent for my son. Or my friend is Muslim or Buddhist or an atheist, but they're so good, they're very good people, and I want them to be the godchild for my son. And of course they look at me and I'm thinking to myself, oh, how do I tell them? So why do you say, I'm sorry, you cannot be the godparent if you are not Christian? Because what is baptism about? It's orienting your life towards Christ. And the godparents are the ones who help to stand in for the parent to say, this is Christ, and this is how we orient our life to him. And so if we understood the role of godparent, not in a saccharine way, a way of honoring someone in my family, honoring a friend, but if we understood a godparent as the one who helps and assists me in orienting my child, this person in my life, towards God, then perhaps in our selections we would consider differently. Salvation is a zero-sum game. We hear in the scriptures, God will judge. The challenge, though, is, is that you or, for you or me, it's not that God sends us to hell. God loves us. He wishes to spend eternity with us. And yet, because he loves us, he allows us to say yes or no. Today we celebrate Gustavo's yes. So I'm going to ask you all to please stand. You don't really have to stand, but I would invite you to consider your own baptism. I was asked at a conference last week if I knew what date I was baptized. Mom's still checking the records. When were you baptized? 
On Twitter, you can tweet at MonsignorH and with the hashtag FYAFM, or you can email me comments or questions at podcast at thesalesmedia.org, and I may be able to address them the next time we do a face-to-face episode. For You and For Me is brought to you by DeSales Media Group. Please subscribe in iTunes or wherever you download podcasts. For Monsignor Kieran Harrington, I'm Dave Plisky, and these are his words to live by, for you and for me.